Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Explaining History podcast, and today we're going to talk about some of the domestic difficulties that Harry Truman faced in his first term. In the last few weeks, we've looked at um, Harry Truman's foreign policy all the way up to the establishment of the Truman Doctrine and the Marshall Plan. Today, we're going to look at some of the challenges he faced inheriting a domestic agenda from Franklin Roosevelt. Many commentators in 1945 observed that uh, Truman seemed very unsure of himself. Now, we've looked at the foreign policy uh, arena where uh, Truman significantly lacked experience, and it was really the uh, arena in which uh, Roosevelt really excelled, that he had uh, most uh, kind of confidence and, and knowledge and understanding and uh, kind of connections. He'd been grown. He'd, uh, grown up, basically uh, meeting uh, diplomats and heads of state as a result of the connectedness of uh, the Roosevelt family. The uh, situation that uh, Truman found himself in as uh, vice president was uh, one where he hadn't been the, the first choice. He had been selected in order to force out uh, Henry Wallace, who was seen as uh, too far to the left, despite Wallace's own popularity with the public. He was very unpalatable to the uh, centre and the right of the Democrat Party. Um, so Roosevelt had uh, little interest, really, in developing uh, Truman as a, a political talent. And when Roosevelt died... He was greatly mourned by uh, America's liberals, the sort of uh, slightly left of centre of the Democrat Party, um, and the uh, and their, their kind of support base within civil society. But Truman had a difficult task ahead of him in trying to build on the uh, foreign policy legacies of Roosevelt, but also the domestic ones, so chief of which was, of course, the New Deal. In some ways, the American left had been uh, a victim of the success of the New Deal. The uh, American Socialist Party uh, and the uh, Communist Party of the USA uh, were both uh, fringe organisations, particularly the Communist Party. Uh, The Socialist Party might possibly have had more traction. However, 
the Democratic Party tacked leftwards during the 1930s and employed the power of the state in order to bring about um, dramatic change and a dramatic intervention in the workings of American free market capitalism, which had collapsed after 1929. The uh, amount of state intervention in the uh, economy during the New Deal is fairly, uh, fairly insignificant compared to the vast uh, in, involvement of the state in the economy during the Second World War, um, a period of time which has been described by many historians looking at um, America, Great Britain and other uh, allied powers as being a period of war socialism. The shift towards the political right after the end of the Second World War uh, is explained by James Patterson in Grand Expectations thusly. He writes, The Labour unions had record membership, but by 1945 were beginning to lose momentum as a progressive political force. Roosevelt, indeed, had enjoyed advantages denied to Truman. During the Depression, FDR could generate enthusiasm from have-not groups, such as restless workers and poor farmers, and during the war, he could appeal to their patriotism. By 1945, however, many of these people, such as upwardly mobile blue-collar workers, were becoming haves, interest groups with much to be gained from supporting the status quo. In this way, as in many others, the recovery of the American economy reshaped American politics, for the most part, towards the centre and the right. So as things got better, this uh, insurrectionary spirit, this sense of shaking up the political system, this sense that um, a few um, uh, elite uh, wealthy figures were controlling most of the uh, country's wealth, um, this begins to, to dissipate. Not only do you have um, a period where uh, those newly embourgeoised um, workers uh, begin to look more to defending the gains that they've made uh, and looking to, in essence, pull up the ladder. But you also have a period of time whereby the New Deal has been so successful in um, stabilising the American economy and so successful in um, transforming living conditions for many millions of Americans, that the Republicans and those on the right of the Democrat Party cannot use economics as an attack dog uh, against the Democrats. It simply doesn't wash, um, much as during the uh, 1980s in Britain and America, uh, Reaganism, Thatcherism was able to own the economic argument, however valid or spurious that may have been. In 1945, the Democrats own it. And so using um, cultural arguments, um, political arguments and security arguments, mainly around anti-communism, is the, the wrecking ball that the Republicans use uh, in order to win the 1946 midterms and in order to uh, centre their energies against the White House. So James Patterson writes... A special obstacle to liberals in 1945, as throughout much of the, the post-war American history, was Congress. On the surface, this did not necessarily uh, seem to be the case. Truman had comfortable democratic majorities in both houses, 242 to 190 in the House, 
and 56 to 38 in the Senate. In the House, he could count on Speaker Sam Rayburn of Texas, a bald-headed bachelor who devoted his life to the chamber he had first entered in 1913. Popular with his colleagues, moderately liberal, a partisan Democrat, Rayburn was a forceful leader. In the Senate, Truman could rely on Democratic Majority Leader Alban Barclay of Kentucky. Barclay was more easygoing and less effective than Rayburn. He was also ageing, turning 68 in 1945, but Barclay too had put in long service on the Hill, dating to 1913 when he, like Rayburn, first entered the House. He had moved to the Senate in 1927, a moderate, he was liked by most of his colleagues, and by Democratic Party leaders throughout the country. So the leaders, the congressional um, leaders of uh, the House and the Senate, were both um, strong figures, established figures, and pro-Truman figures. So where did Truman's problems originate from? This is before the great losses of 1946. Well, since 1937, power in the Houses of Congress had belonged to a coalition of Republicans and Conservative Democrats. Um, Many of those were Southern Democrats who were alarmed by the possibility of civil rights legislation uh, in the South. Um, um, These figures returned to Capitol Hill in September 1945, uh, feeling very uncooperative. They were uh, tired of seeing a president in the guise of Roosevelt, Uh, rule with executive orders um, and uh, excessive um, energies from the White House put into railroading Congress through decisions. I mean, these are the sorts of things that have to happen during a war, but they had uh, become weary of it anyway. They were certain, well, at least the Republicans were certain, that in 1948 they would retake the White House Um, And in the late 1940s, these were among the most partisan, amongst the most aggressive um, uh, political actors in uh, modern American political history. Um, If you think about uh, the periods uh, we've experienced recently, currently under Trump, but also um, the partisanship under Obama, um, where the Republican Party Uh, waged uh, a long war of attrition or under Bill Clinton. It's a similar mindset that we we are talking about than that which existed in the second half of the 1940s. So here is where Truman's problems originate from, this kind of rabid, angry, post-New Deal partisanship on the part of the Republicans. And the Republicans have realised they haven't been able to have an easy win over Roosevelt for um, a long, long time, for at least 12 years. Even when the Republican Party scored wins by derailing parts of the New Deal, and most of the New Deal after 1937 is derailed, they still don't manage to retake the White House, which is the key issue. Understanding Truman's own motivations is complicated sometimes. Um, he had been a New Dealer, and a very loyal and passionate one, during the 1930s. And he had supported most of the programmes put forward by Roosevelt and had definite liberal instincts. However, his dealings with the trade unions, and I did do a podcast on this um, about a year ago, were definitely um, to the right. The Taft-Hartley Act being passed under Truman's watch 
uh, and he uh, essentially describes um, some of the unions, some of the, the mine and steelworkers unions, as behaving like traitors. Truman was in a difficult position in he, that he was um, sandwiched between the uh, rightward shift in Congress and the rightward shift in the general population. The need to follow his own beliefs regarding the New Deal uh, and the uh, importance and the efficacy, as he saw it, of state intervention and what they would be referred to as liberal programmes. And also a need uh, not to roll back the New Deal because it would have been chiefly unpopular. Even uh, working class Americans who may have grown critical of the New Deal would be the first to uh, raise objections when the part of the New Deal that benefits them specifically uh, is, is erased. However, liberals were very sceptical of Truman. They were not convinced that he shared their views. Um, and he was definitely um, determined to protect and even expand the New Deal, um, though he did refer to liberals um, who had uh, crowded uh, into the Roosevelt White House, um, the Brains Trust, um, and the the likes of Harry Dexter White um, and others on the um, uh, definitely on the political left. He did refer to them as the lunatic fringe. Um, he he disliked Henry Wallace. Uh, he wasn't alone in disliking Wallace um, and Harold Ikes, who was the uh, Ro- Roosevelt's uh, interior secretary. Um, Truman liked to present himself as a kind of curiously apolitical figure. He rejected such labels as progressive or liberal. Um, he tries to create his own brand uh, of newspeak, referring to his, himself as for Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
forward-looking, a term that means that he can't be particularly easily pinned down on any ideological position. Um, he was uh, able to gauge the mood of the times and didn't think that uh, other big state-led initiatives um, after the end of the war were going to go down particularly well. Um, there, there wasn't much of a chance of them succeeding and also there wasn't public um, enthusiasm for them or at least there probably wasn't public enthusiasm for paying the tax bill for them. Uh, he said, I don't want any experiments. Um, the American people have been through a lot of experiments and they want a rest from experiments. This is what he said in 1945. Truman viewed himself as a fiscal conservative when he had been the financial controller of Jackson County, Missouri. Um, he had tried to balance the budget through uh, spending cuts and tax rises. Um, Truman himself hadn't come from old money in the way that Roosevelt had um, and had been uh, one of the kind of the most frugal uh, members of the Senate while he was uh, on it and had been very uh, conscious of his humble origins. Um, he was one of the uh, generation of kind of aspirant lower middle class uh, congressmen to make their way up uh, after the First World War. There's an indication that uh, politically and economically things had changed uh, as fiscal conservatism, whilst unpopular with liberals, was um, an agreed, uh, a sort of a societally agreed wisdom uh, after the Second World War. This shows um, there's been a significant social and economic transition out of the Depression. By 1945, a majority of people believed that the government's budget should be run like a household budget um, and that there should be uh, no debts or deficits um, if these could be at all uh, avoided and that this was what prudent, sensible spending was all about. This kind of fiscal conservatism has been one of the articles of faith of conservatism in general throughout the um, throughout the 20th century when uh, governments have been forced to spend far more than they can possibly raise in taxes. The problem with the argument is that America had a sovereign currency, the dollar, meaning that it had a central bank that can print as much as many dollars as is required. Um, if an economy is at capacity and it's flooded with cash, it tends to overheat because you've got lots of money chasing around a fixed number of goods and services, uh, of which there can't be any more because all the factory output uh, is being has been maximised. However, if there is a depressed economy, a weak economy, a struggling economy that is uh, underinflated, then adding uh, money to the situation should reflate the economy without the possibility of a kind of Weimar-style hyperinflation. However, in 1945, there were um, many Americans who believed themselves in a sufficiently buoyant situation to not need um, additional intervention by the state or a, a additional um, uh, uh, help in terms of social programmes. The New Deal in this regard had been kind of a victim of its own success. 
There was also something to be said for there being no particular need during times of uh, prosperity, when the government's actually running a budget surplus, to borrow in order to uh, spend, to um, use deficit spending uh, in order to stimulate the economy any further. Truman came under fire from the uh, liberal intelligentsia and the uh, uh, liberal commentariat. Um, I.F. Stone, um, the liberal journalist who wrote for The Nation uh, magazine, uh, the, the Nation and the New Republic being the, kind of the, the premier bastions of American liberalism in the uh, 20th century, um, wrote that the New Dealers began to be replaced by the kind of men one was accustomed to meeting at county courthouses. The composition, uh, the composite impression was of big-bellied, good-natured guys who knew a lot of dirty jokes, spent as little time in their offices as possible, saw Washington as a chance to make useful contacts, and were anxious to get what they could for themselves out of the experience. They were not unusually corrupt or especially wicked, that would have made the capital a dramatic instead of a depressing experience for a reporter. They were just trying to get along. The Truman era was the era of the moocher. The place was full of wimpies who could be had for a hamburger. Now this may have been a generalisation and it may have been an unfair one, but it was a widely held view um, amongst many American liberals. And there was also a belief that um, state uh, interventionism and social reform were uh, still uh, hotly anticipated by the general public and that there was a, a general appetite for these things. And as we've discussed from time to time, populations move to the right, just as the population had moved to the left during the 1930s. The problem with this belief on the part of American uh, liberals, particularly America's sort of liberal intelligentsia class, was that they forgot uh, the problems of Roosevelt after 1937 in, in implementing parts of the Second New Deal. Um, they forgot that there was significant resistance to this and that that resistance was uh, partly supported throughout the population. Um, and they forgot that uh, in 1945 to 46, there was a sense of kind of weariness about the New Deal and a sense that the state had perhaps grown to its optimum size um, and did not need to expand any further. There are interesting parallels with this, uh, with the uh, Labour uh, defeat in Great Britain in 1951, where a, a long period of social reform from 1945 uh, onwards um, had kind of petered out by 1951 and there was little appetite for further nationalisation which is ultimately uh, the the only uh, direction in which Labour policy was able to travel. Perhaps in the shadow of Roosevelt any leader would have appeared to be uh, indecisive short-termist or incapable of acting in, in bold and imaginative ways. But that's not necessarily the case with Truman. And it's always important to try to avoid looking at um, political leaders that follow their more flamboyant uh, and uh, colourful uh, and historically um, uh, significant uh, forebears. 
as being in, in some way kind of lesser or diminished uh, by simply kind of looking at an unfair comparison. And these are very individual and specifically different characters. It was also tempting to look uh, back at Roosevelt's uh, legacy in hindsight um, with rose-tinted glasses, seeing it is as a period uh, where Roosevelt had given the country direction. Roosevelt wasn't quite the character he's portrayed to be in, in this regard. Roosevelt was an arch-pragmatist, Roosevelt was interested in what worked, and Roosevelt also was blessed by having um, historical forces flowing in the right direction for him. There's an, uh, an old adage, I think, by Trotsky, that if historical forces are going in your direction, you can't lose, and if they're not, then nothing is going to happen for you. Um, so, yes, he was uh, he benefited from, from that. Um, Roosevelt was as pragmatic as Truman. Roosevelt was not committed necessarily to um, liberal ideas. He was committed to reflating and stabilising the economy and also be, being able to preserve the existing structure of American society um, and to preserve American capitalism. The detractors of Roosevelt at the time um, de described him as a, a socialist, but he was nothing of the sort. Uh, Roosevelt was entirely convinced about the benefits of capitalism and was thinking more than anything else of saving capitalism from itself by reforming it, um, by uh, using New Deal agencies such as the NRA to control it and using uh, innovations such as the Glass-Steagall Act, uh, the um, 1933 Emergency Banking Act to uh, reinstill a faith, particularly in the financial sector, to um, close down banks that were destined to fail so that the only ones that were going to remain open were ones that people would trust and therefore use. So Roosevelt, as a reformer, was um, not quite uh, uh, the, the, the figure of the left um, that he, he might have been accused of being or praised for being. He was simply uh, somebody who was able to look at the, uh, the problems of American capitalism and the crisis in American society that was um, potentially going to give rise to populist figures such as uh, Huey Long and Father Charles Coughlin, uh, on the um, both of the left and the right, respectively, and um, deliver to America um, the the kind of political earthquakes that America has unfortunately experienced uh, from 2016 onwards. Um, I suppose if you want to look at um, a, a comparison um, to maybe some of the things that Roosevelt sought to, sought to avoid. Um, look at what's happening now, um, where following a uh, banking crisis, following a massive economic shock from the financial system, instead of there being a new deal for the general population, there's been the same old deal for the uh, finance uh, industry and their fellow travellers in the media, uh, and the result has been um, crisis. Anyway, that's a different story altogether. Um, so there you have it. Um, do, if you can, uh, visit our um, Patreon page. 
this podcast gets by on a trickle of ad revenue and the generosity of our supporters and backers. So if you can uh, spare uh, any um, uh, any amount to fund the Explaining History podcast, we can, can keep delivering um, quality content to you on a daily basis. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll speak to you soon. All the best. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.